back to another episode of Appalachian Monsters and Mysteries. I'm Belle. And I'm Miley. And today we're going to be talking about uh, Oren Williamson. We'll just go with that. We'll just call him out by name. Because technically this is a missing persons case. But if you get down to it, this is not a missing persons case. <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. I don't really know what we're getting ourselves into but i'm excited for it so like i said this is not a regular missing persons case like cynthia anderson or any of those um i don't even really know what to call it at all strangely enough these are basically just cases of people vanishing into thin air oh wait like literally is this does is this similar at all to like Spontaneous combustion? Uh, yeah, but less messy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, we'll start off with Oren Williamson of Selma, Alabama. Uh, July of 1854, Oren, his wife, and their son were sitting on the front porch of their farmhouse. There are conflicting reports. Granted, this story is like hundreds of years old. Yeah. So, it's understandable. Uh, I'll be going through the most common story that I can find. Like, Mm -hmm. I read multiple recounts of this story, and this is the one that was repeated the most. And who who is this coming from? Like, these stories? Well, okay. This one is reported in multiple books. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, And then I'll I'll mention what books and everything that it's talked about in. Um. So the Williamson family was watching their horses graze and then suddenly Oren got up to go tell one of the farm workers or the managers that was kind of up in there of whether this man was just a worker or he helped Oren run the farm. I don't Uh know why that was such a big plot point. An employee though, right? Yes. (laughs) Uh, To put the horses in the shade because uh, Alabama is really freaking hot in the summer. Yeah. Ugh. Disgusting. Sticky hot. Ew. Hard to breathe hot. Yeah. No, thanks. (laughs) So Orrin stood up and began walking into the field. He picked up a stick and was just kind of messing with it. I wouldn't include that if that wasn't included in every single recount. Like, in some form or fashion, Orrin picks up this stick for some reason. So the Williamson's neighbor, um, Armour, Armour, it's A-R-M-O-U-R, Armour. Mr. Wren. Yeah, that sounds good. (laughs) And his son James were going by the Williamson farm on their buggy when suddenly Orrin vanished. Like, one second he was waving at the Wrens, and the next second he was completely, like, gone. Like, gone, gone. Oh, that's so weird. So, Wren, the boy, Miss Williamson, and her son all came rushing to the spot that Orrin vanished from, and all they saw was missing grass around the spot he was standing. So it was like dirt, like almost. Yeah, like it, like the grass was completely gone. So it was just like dirt. Whoa. And it's so weird that he was waving to at somebody whenever he disappeared, you know, like, so he yeah, had that attention. Yeah, they literally saw, like, he was there one second and then he was gone. Yeah. Like I said, it's so weird that they witnessed that instead of him just being there and then them turning back and him being gone and them thinking that he just 
I don't yeah. know, ran away or hit or something. But So Miss Williamson fainted on the spot and was rushed uh, to the nearest hospital. Understandable. Completely understandable. Yeah. I would also faint if I literally saw someone vanish before Especially my your husband. Yeah. That <laughs> Could you imagine? So it's reported that 300 people formed a search party that very afternoon. They searched caves, holes. The searchers even bought bloodhounds with them to try and find this guy. They searched well into the night and into the next day, digging holes in multiple locations and even right where Orin disappeared. But that was deemed pointless because about three feet down was just a large rock. And Orin was never found or seen dead or alive ever again. That is insane. Yeah. So a judge later... Like, because they had to figure out what to do with the land and everything. Mm -hmm. A judge later just deemed that he was dead because they really, I mean, they couldn't explain it any other way because he literally just vanished like into thin air. Whoa. So a year later, people noticed that the grass was not growing back in the location where Orrin disappeared from, but his wife was quick to answer their questions with a somewhat sad, but overall kind of creepy answer. (laughs) Uh, she claimed after the incident, she and her child heard Williamson's voice calling for help. Oh, no. I know. This was not a one-time thing, though. So eventually they began sleeping next to the spot, which uh, so sad. So sad. Yeah. As it continued, the voice did grow more faint. And one night they could barely hear it. And then the next, it was completely gone. <gasps> So it was like loud and then it just slowly yeah. became quieter yeah, like, until it was From gone. what I could find, like they heard it in the farmhouse the very first <gasps> night that they oh. experienced this happening. And then as time went on, like it grew fainter and fainter and fainter. Okay. Which is worse? You hearing that and not really being able to do anything about it mm-hmm. or it just completely going away and you not having that sense of him still being there. I think that it would be harder to have his voice because he was saying help. Yeah, And exactly. you're so like, there's no closure because you yeah. know that, and even if it, this is just like a figment of their imagination to kind of help with that grief, it's still really heartbreaking to have oh, to go yeah. through that Absolutely. emotionally. That is horrible. <laughs> yeah. It's really, really sad. Um, now onto the theories. Yay, the best part. Honest to God, I love these theories so much. Best theories we've ever had. Better wow. than the chimney rock theories, which I Ugh. freaking love. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's about to get... Sorry, my hair just got in my face. It is about to get so scientific on this podcast. Wow, wait, this has never happened before. Yes. <laughs> Scientific AF, as some would say. Like, <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. Hit me with Theory it. number one. Oren walked into a magnetic field that disintegrated his <laughs> atoms, sending him into another dimension. Whoa. I'm screaming. Wow. So I have never loved doing this podcast more than when I found out that this could be a theory for anything in my life. <laughs> The idea that he was sent into another dimension. Like. That's terrifying. When are we ever going to find a theory like this for this podcast ever again? Yeah. No. It's very unlikely. Right? So Aristotle is allegedly one of the first people to propose the idea of a universal ether. Which is our next theory. Oh, boy. Okay. 
So he believed it explained how light and gravity traveled. I'm going to stop diving in right there at that point. Mm -hmm. I'll go into why they think this happened because it gets incredibly scientific and I don't want to sound crazy stupid. (laughs) So they believe that Orrin walked into an empty spot of ether, which would basically destroy all matter in its path. Oh. From what I understand, it's like a vacuum. So you know how they talk about vacuums in space? Yes. So they believe that a vacuum entered our atmosphere and literally just disintegrated everything that he was as a human being. Whoa. And also the grass. And the grass, yeah. (laughs) So just sucked him up and he is gone. He's gone. Wow. Yeah, that is... Okay. Yeah, because his clothes were also gone. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. So if any scientists listen to this podcast and want to explain to us... Oh, man, that'd be great. Ether. Because I tried to read about it and honest to God, I think my brain melted trying to understand the aspect of like ether because it says that like apparently a lot of ether oriented theories kind of got disproved because back then that's how people explained like how light traveled and how Mm -hmm. gravity worked was through the ether but that was also before that we understood a lot of science maybe we should ask hank green about this yes (laughs) hank green (laughs) come be a I guess I would pass out. I wouldn't be able to handle it. I would lose all of the oxygen in my body. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I'm also glad that you're not really diving into that because while we're recording, it's pretty late. I've worked all day and I don't think my brain could handle it if I'm being perfectly honest. Uh, okay. So here's the thing. Both of these theories from what I can understand can be disproven. Mm-hmm. But there is one theory that people believe that can't be disproven. <gasps> And that is the idea of multiple dimensions. Oh. So this is one thing that for some scientists, it's really hard to disprove. So it's a theory we can all get behind Mm -hmm. because no one can explain why there can't be multiple dimensions. Now, granted, I have not done like insane research into multiple dimensions. So I'm sure some scientists can be like, here's why it's wrong. Here's why it doesn't work. Mm But a lot of, from what I've read, and I haven't read a ton, scientists believe that multiple dimensions are completely believable and that he literally somehow accidentally slipped into another dimension. That's so crazy. Like whether it be through like a vacuum, like we had talked about, or the ether, or however you slip into another dimension. Some people believe that Orrin Williamson literally just slipped into... Another timeline, it, it, full full on MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of stuff. <laughs> so, so would this have just happened, and it wasn't a constant thing? Because I'm sure that people and or animals have walked through that same spot before, right? Yeah. So they even like the searchers even got into a line. In the area that he was in and like held hands to and like moved almost like a red rosy oh, kind wow. of thing yeah. to see if that it would happen to any of them and it didn't. So that makes me believe that it really is like mm. vacuum black hole theory where it moves. It's yeah. not in one place. Right. Because Orrin Williamson isn't the only case of people just vanishing into thin air. Yeah. 
How many how many other cases are there of that though? For the what I'm talking about, like that I could find there's at least six others. That's still not very many though. No, but I mean some might not be reported and you have to think of all the missing people in the mm, world too. Yeah. And nobody just witnessed them vanishing. Exactly. Ooh. It's one of those things like it's just kind of it's very twilight zone. Very yeah, like definitely. unexplainable like mysteries that are just kind of blow your mind man that bothers me so much because we'll probably never know so here's so here is how much this is talked about and we just never realized it uh there's a book written about it in the it's got this case it's called the almanac of infamous and incredible the incredible and the ignored by Juanita Rose Violini, uh, Dr. Scientist, he's a scientist, don't know why I said Dr. Scientist, <laughs> uh, scientist Dr. Maximilian Hearn wrote Disappearance and Theory Thereof, uh, also The Difficulty of Crossing the Field by Ambrose Bierce. All of those books have this case in it. Wow. Or cases similar to it. And these are, these are books. well-educated people who wrote these books. Yeah, one man is a, is a scientist. Yeah. Uh, sounds um, like a book I need to read. I feel like my brain wouldn't be able to comprehend. I'd need like a translator. Honestly. Yeah, I probably would too. Science has never been my forte. So there's another story that a lot of people think is based on the Williamson tale, but some will tell you that it's a whole tale of its own. But I mean, honestly, they do sound similar. David Lang was sitting on his porch with his daughter and wife during a snowstorm in 1880. He walked off the porch and suddenly he was gone. The story is told in deep detail from the perspective of his daughter. And this was rumored to have occurred in Gallatin, Tennessee. So, so far we are in Appalachian States only. Wow. Which terrifying. Yeah, that is. Makes me never want to go for a walk again. I'm gonna I mean, become, you can, okay, yeah, but you could be going to the grocery store and this happened. Well, I guess this is a great reason for me to now become agoraphobic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there is another one in 1878 about a boy who went out in a snowstorm to go get water from a well. Charles Ashmore was 16 and living in Quincy, Illinois. Been all about Illinois here recently, you know, because I am a Chicago Cubs fan. <laughs> uh, but this obviously is not in. Appalachia. Yeah. But still, it was a case of a vanishing person. So I was like, oh my God, we have to talk about it. Yeah. So uh, Charles went out in a snowstorm one night in November and never came back. His father and sister went looking for him and traced his footsteps. Only feet from the well, his footprints completely vanished. Wow. And that was in 1871, right? Yeah. And the, and Williams was in 1878. The first one was in 1854. What about the second one? I think. 1854. Well, the second was in 1800. Was... <sighs> but we have more recent ones. Ooh. So I actually found out through the website Mystic Science that the author, Ambrose Bierce, who wrote... Let me go back on my notes real fast. Uh, the, dif- the difficulty of crossing a field mysteriously disappeared and was never found <gasps> alive. No. Yeah. But the theories for his are somehow even are somehow so insane. Um, but not quite as insane as vanishing into there. Some people believe that he um committed suicide by jumping into the Grand Canyon. Oh gosh. And then some people believe that he was killed by a firing squad in a cemetery in Mexico. <laughs> what? I have no idea. 
I really want to read a book about this man's life. But yeah, he and but his case has never been solved either. No one knows how he went missing. Mm, Suspicious. Right. I think he was getting a little close to something that somebody didn't want him to know. But I didn't want others to know. Here are our most recent case. On September 5th, 1974, 47 years ago, uh, in Rogue River National Forest Campground in Oregon, a family of four was never seen again. Richard Cowden, his wife Belinda, and their young children, David and Melissa, went camping on Labor Day weekend. When Richard went out to go get milk, he was never seen again, and neither was his entire family. Police searched the location, and everything looked like people literally had just up and left. The milk was left out. All their possessions were there, and their car was even still parked at the site. But the Cowden family was never seen again. The only reason they reported missing was because the family was supposed to be at Richard's mom mom's house that evening for dinner, and they never showed up. Hmm. Even the police at the site said that it was like it felt very like eerie. Oh, on the pl- like where they went missing. Yeah, but so they there were, were no like footsteps. No, or every anything? like they said there wasn't any sign of a struggle. Everything literally looked like almost like you know when you go into a museum. Of a house or something, yeah. and everything's like left out and everything. Dude, that is kind of creepy. I've said everything like sixty times, <laughs> um, but I would not. Life is that. just kind of going on like normal, and then yeah, but no people like bank on. No, I would not want to walk onto that site. And they were never. They were like never seen again. Weird. So there was also two other cases of vanishing into thin air in England. One was in 1768 and another in 1873. Both of these were just as bizarre as the other ones, but I felt like they were pretty easy to explain. Like the first one was about a man. He got wasted and had to be like had his sister and another woman had to help carry him to a seat and they set him on the seat beside the door and he was covered up with a jacket. And then... I think his sister heard a loud bang, went downstairs, and he was gone. And he was never seen again. But honestly, he was really drunk. Yeah. He could have fell into a river. <sighs> like, there are there are things to explain that away. So that's why it didn't yeah. really make me feel like what this would was... would the bang be? Him getting him, out of the seat. Yeah. Him shutting a door. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, any of those things. So that's why I didn't include it, like, in thorough detail. The other one was um, this guy, he bragged about being great at foot races Mm, and him and a bunch of other people from the town did a foot race he was like three meters ahead of them or maybe less i don't know it said three meters i don't know how far that is people could still see him running and then suddenly it looked like he had tripped and then when they got to the spot he wasn't there Hmm. but honestly that's also odd i mean yeah they're they're bizarre but i feel like they weren't as insane as these other yeah. ones of just yeah the other ones people saw them disappear yeah and these not so much I guess <laughs> exactly I think well okay here's the thing in the movie Thor the <laughs> Dark World Natalie Portman's character Jane falls into something called the ether it's literally called the oh, ether. Wow. Yes, the dark elves are trying to, they found out it's an infinity stone. It's the soul stone. No, it's not. I don't remember which stone it is. It's one of the infinity stones. And she 
like they drop a bunch of stuff into it and mm-hmm. it vanishes. Um, so that's honestly what I automatically thought of. Yeah. But eventually the ether possesses her. And that's when oh. I'm just kind of like, whatever. Yeah. But do I believe that there could be different dimensions? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> right? <laughs> sure. I, does this make me scared to go outside of my house? Loki. Yeah, it does. Mm, yeah. All this did kind of happen. Well, there was the drunk guy, but everything else yeah. happened outside, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened inside. The drunk guy, but I think that he honestly just left his house and then fell into a river and died. Yeah, sounds like it. I mean, RIP him, but that's also happened in the 1700s. <laughs> oh, yeah. No one's saying rest in peace to like Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- th- this was cases of people vanishing into thin air. Yeah, it is a little similar to spontaneous combustion. Yes, but less messy. Yeah. And I've always been fascinated by those cases. Same. That's insane to me. Ah, oh, God. Like, what's keeping me from just spontaneously combusting right now? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, what's keeping us from accidentally walking into, like, a portal into another dimension, too? I don't know. Probably nothing, which is horrifying. Then somebody will do an episode about us on a podcast. Ooh, I hope so. Wouldn't that be well, hilarious? <laughs> yeah, it would. Be. How like that'd be ironic. Incredibly ironic <laughs> that someone they'd play episodes back from like this exact moment too. <laughs> I would. That'd be creepy. <laughs> be like, what if we ended up on a podcast and then the people are like, today on this episode of Ghost and Girls, we're going to be talking about these two girls who randomly went missing. Let's hope not. I just want to. I just want to say right now, if I ever go missing, I would definitely tell my friends and family where I, or at least I would tell them that I was okay because I feel like it's pretty selfish when people just yeah, I feel like go places. And don't tell anybody. I mean, but if you vanish into thin air, then it's not like you can give a warning. Yeah, that's a little different. But if I do go missing, please look for me. Okay, I got you. If I go missing, also look for me, please. Okay, we'll do. And continue on the podcast. If both of us go missing. Yeah, I guess probably look for us. I don't know. One of these days we might just pack up. But we we'll definitely take your kids. Yeah, and I'm, I have a husband. Yeah. I don't have anybody. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, My that family. Was episode of Adventure <laughs> Monsters and Mystery. No. <laughs> no, I would still definitely tell my family, but we might just back up and move someday. For real. Me and you are actually going to get an RV and we're just going to travel to every uh, baseball stadium. <gasps> yes. I love That's going to be us. We're just going to travel to all major sporting events. Uh, our podcast setup is portable, so we could totally keep Straight doing up. the podcast. If we ever vanish into thin air, it's like, uh, LOL, JK, just look for us at a Cubs game. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Catch us on the big screen. We'll be wearing Rizzo and Bryant jersey. Yes. <laughs> Can't Which, wait. Really? Thank you for listening to another episode of Appalachian Monsters Mysteries. Yeah, let us know what you guys think happened. If you're a scientist, please God email us. Oh, yeah. And explain the ether and this multiple dimension stuff to us. Uh, I mean, our email is Appalachian mm at gmail or contact us on instagram at amm pod twitter amm pod one 
Facebook. Hank. Yes. I always forget about Facebook. I watch Monsters and Mysteries. And if you're Hank Green and want to explain Ether to us, uh, our TikTok is AMMPod. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Bye. I hope you guys don't manage into thin air anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> Bye.